The real estate market is booming. Whether you look in the suburbs or the city, Chicago continues to expand, creating incredible opportunities for those in the know. We'll connect with Chicago's real estate moguls to bring you the wisdom and expertise to help make your next real estate move a lucrative one on the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. Welcome to the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Raymer, and today I am joined by the GOAT, Bob Tierney. Thank you so much for coming. We've been talking about it for a year, so here I am. The time has come. (laughs) We have to share your story, your mission, and um, help inspire others to to invest in real estate and do it the right way. Yeah, it's been um, it's been a fun journey. So tell us a little bit about the beginning of your journey into real estate. Uh, well, <clears throat> started off uh, taking a bunch of shop classes in high school. I never wanted to, you know, take a study hall, and I took every shop class you could: woods, metals, drafting, auto shop, small engines, and just. I think it's a shame they're taking our shop classes out of our high schools. I agree. That is something that we need to work together as adults to make sure our children, you know, they know how to use their hands. But um, right. I just loved it and really enjoyed, you know, all the shop classes I ever took. Hmm. And um, my uh, my household was in turmoil. My parents split up when I got just after I got out of high school, and uh, I always wanted to go to college, but. Uh, couldn't afford it. So <clears throat> I ended up going, working at a factory, uh, did that for a few years, worked at uh, a plastics factory, worked at Motorola, uh, building base stations. That was back in 1989. Wow. And then um, ended up getting a job offer for a construction company, first in Schaumburg, and then um, eventually got a job offer uh, in Oak Park, Illinois. So started working in Oak Park around about 1990 or so. Cool. So that's kind of how I got into real estate was through the trades. Through the trades. And what was your experience working on these properties and seeing the other seeing the other side of it potentially, right? Because you're doing all this beautiful work by hand and not necessarily getting the same percentage, right? Well, it was an interesting, you know, I started off at $10 an hour as a laborer for a roofing company. Yeah. Uh, J.C. Roofing, John Capazzoli was an amazing man and mentor. And, uh, you know, we worked on multiple Frank Lloyd Wrights, a lot of Victorian houses. Um, he had a friend named Bill Ecken who owned a company called Ridgeland Roofing, and I ended up working with Bill. He had a friend that, uh, his name was uh, John Sullivan, hmm. called him Sully. He owned a painting and plaster repair company. So back in the early 90s, I kind of got in with these group of guys who are all friends. And as a laborer, they would kind of pass me around. And, you know, I never really (laughs) knew exactly what I would be doing from one day to the next. But I got the opportunity to work for a lot of the different trades in my uh, in my early 20s. And the experience, you know, I grew up in Streamwood, in a three bedroom, one bathroom house, I think my parents bought for fifty grand, fifty four or something. Yeah. Um, getting to work in Oak Park on these just amazing, yeah. beautiful homes. I can only imagine. And uh, you know, it was cool. And I fell in love with the architecture. I fell in love with old houses. I fell in love with, 
you know, just the experience of these people who would buy these houses and then hire the various different companies to come and restore them. Uh, I was inspired by that and uh, ended up moving to Oak Park in 1995. Isn't crazy? When I I moved to Oak Park, the reason I moved there was because I decided to go to college. Uh, I couldn't afford to go to college when I was, uh, uh, you know, underage, if you will, because you have to get your parents to help qualify for money. Right. Uh, Something magical happens when you turn 25. They let you dig yourself into a mountain of student loan debt, not just your parents. Right. (laughs) Right. Come on down. (laughs) Exactly. So that's, uh, I went to DePaul University from 95 to 2000, lived in Oak Park, and um, actually lived on Wesley first. And then on Oak Park Avenue, right by the Green Line, uh, just uh, right next door to a place called Geppetto's. And just, I loved it. I loved Oak Park. I was there for, I lived there for nine years. Wow. And how did you Mm. balance the school and the trades? I'm I'm assuming you did both at the same time. That's how I put myself through college. So I, you know, borrowed student loan money and did construction and uh, also... I have a daughter, and my daughter was born in 1989, so I was also juggling, you know, that whole situation. Yeah. But, um, you know, I always – I I studied entrepreneurship strategy and computer science, minor in psychology. I love school, so I enjoyed it. and Different than the trades. Yeah. Completely different realm. Why – I, I, I always wanted to be a business owner because I could see the small businesses that I did work for hmm. you know they were successful you know uh, my my the owner of Ridgeland uh, he bought a house on um, Wisconsin in Oak Park and uh, lived in it where I helped him rehab that property nights and weekends and I you know he bought it for a hundred something thousand and rehabbed it over a five-year period and hmm. sold that property for 600 and something thousand. And that was back in, you know, back in the 90s. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's what I decided to go to school for. I was interested in entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. interested in business ownership, and mm-hmm. and I spent five years there. And uh, I actually ran out of money. I couldn't uh, – I ran out of student loan money there. They had a limit to the amount of money that you could borrow. So unfortunately, after all those years in school – Isn't that crazy? I didn't end up getting a bachelor's degree. You're not the first one. And you're not the last one. Yeah. I've heard that story more often than not. My brother's the same story. Yeah. Literally, only needed four more classes. And I was gonna, and I was gonna always go back, and you know, life gets in the way, and yeah. And I did get a job uh, offer in corporate America with my new education, actually 1999. Okay. And I got a job uh, with my computer science education as a software trainer, and it was a contract position, but they it was fifty dollars an hour. And I had never made $50 an hour. That was pretty exciting. And um, so I had, you know, got my dream job. I had gone to school all these years. And um, seven months after I got my dream job, I walked into work and 22 people got laid off. And I was one of them. Yeah. And um, I look back on my life and that was one of the most impactful experiences that I had was getting laid off from that job because I had an epiphany. Mm. And my epiphany was job security is an oxymoron. My daughter was 10 at that time and, you know, the company didn't care and there I was, right? One day employed, one day not. Yeah. I spruced up my resume. Now it was the year 2000 and uh, the millennium bug had been cured. All these IT professionals had flooded the market. I'm new really with my 
computer right. science education. So my best offer was forty grand a year, and um, <clears throat> I can make fifty grand a year with a paintbrush in my hand. So, right. So I decided to go back in the trades, and that's kind of how I continued on my journey in real estate. Hmm. And. While you were working the trades, was there any one job that you remember to this day that sort of changed your perspective on the value of, of um, your work and and that you de- you deserve to be um, rewarded appropriately for it, for a lack of a better way to put it? Yeah, there was a there was a, there was a few experiences, and <clears throat> I had awesome customers. I did I did some really cool projects. Uh, one of them was at North and Western. It was a friend of mine that had a condo, and I did all the remodeling on that. And it was super a super cool project. I got to work with an amazing architect. Hmm. And um, we did a custom soffit with stainless steel aircraft suspension cabling. Uh, hmm. We did hand-chiseled granite mantles and uh, backsplash and had a wine rack that was welded. And it was a super cool you – know, you have to see some pictures of it. But it was a neat project to do. And in my brain, I'm like, man – Man, if I, I wish I could have bought this condo and did this work, and yeah. you know, he made a lot more money on that property than I did working on it. Yeah, and so that was one experience. Then another investor I had met in Oak Park uh, was rehabbing a property, and then another, and then uh, he did one in River Forest. So I helped him rehab that, and he that one he moved into, and him and him and I are about the same age, and all of a sudden this guy that I'm working for is moving right. into a eight hundred and Fifty thousand dollar house in River Forest, you know, and I'm you know driving around in my 1990 Ford E350 Econoline van with 160 thousand miles on it, <laughs> yeah, with credit in the 400s. Going, man, I wish I had good credit. Yeah. I wish I had money because then I could buy a house. And um, I allowed that. I just didn't know, right? I, I didn't know that I could buy right. houses without having good credit or money. I and it's crazy because you're college educated and wasn't uh, wasn't taught these things, right? And that's a, that's an interesting question, right? You know, you go to college for five years for entrepreneurship strategy. How many of the instructors actually built a business themselves right? and are actually, you know, successful business owners themselves? Right. And, you know, my, in my experience, and there's, you know, I've, I'm so grateful for my experience, and I really loved going to college there. Yeah. And I had wonderful instructors. But when I started meeting people that actually were making money as business owners and eventually as real estate investors, it made a big difference to spend time with people who were successful in what it is that I was inspired to want to learn. Right, right. So, and there's one project in particular that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. It was um, <clears throat> located uh, near Forty uh, Seventh and Drexel, Chicago, okay. not too far from President Obama's home, down by University of Chicago. Property that had been vacant for ten years, and a friend of mine, he uh, bought it from a bought it through a wholesaler. Mm. Property had been vacant; it was boarded up, it was trashed, and he bought that property for three hundred and seventy-five thousand. And then I helped him rehab it. Right. I remember showing up. We got a fence built around it. We, you know, got all the windows that were insecure boarded. And uh, I worked at we worked on that house for a long time. And the property was bought for three seventy five rehab for one point one million. When we first bought it, it was a thirteen bedroom, seven bathroom home built in eighteen ninety three with an elevator. Yeah. Kind of cool to have an elevator today, much less eighteen ninety three. Right. Right. But um, that when a, that property was finished, it appraised for two point two million. Wow. And 
the construction was about one point one million. And so uh, big profit margin. Well, big he created margin. He created about seven hundred thousand in equity after all the expenses and all that, and then he didn't sell it, which is kind of the kicker. He rented it out. Got it. So now he starts making you know. $5,000 a month in positive cash flow on a property that, yeah. you know, a whole huge team of people rehabbed. Yeah. And um, and that was my inspiration. That was about 2003, right? Getting the opportunity to work on that property. I'm forever grateful for it, mm -hmm. right? I was just a trade my time for dollars contractor working for him. Yeah. But I got to witness what's possible in real estate. I can buy a house that's trashed. I can force its appreciation and create profitability in that property and then, you know, create far more wealth than I ever could working or trading my time for dollars working for those people. So I decided at that point, okay, I want to learn real estate. Yeah. And that, that was going to be my next question is what do you do next in order to you know, make that dream a reality and be successful in real estate? So I think the first thing is understanding that we're limited by our own perspectives and what we think is true. And the truth is that we don't know. We don't know what we don't know. Hmm. And that is one of the most important and powerful things to understand and realize. I thought that I needed money of my own. I thought I needed the down payment. I thought that I needed to have good credit, that yeah. my credit would be checked in order to buy a property. And I just, that I assumed that that was the truth, right? And I just had never met anybody that said, no, that's not true, right? right? You can actually buy property and acquire property without having your credit checked or without having a down payment. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, right? It sounds one of those like infomercial things, right? Like, like is that for real? Right. And so... Uh, I just started attending groups, trainings, programs, reading books, uh, you know, everything I could. I was hungry, right? I wanted to learn. I remember buying uh, a program on foreclosures and listening to it while I was painting walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And they're talking about, you know, make an offer in 100 properties and you yeah. know, you'll end up, uh, you know, getting too accepted. And I remember all these like little tidbits and yeah. nuggets that I had learned from those programs. So you get educated. You invest in yourself and your mind yeah. to, 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 to better the odds of being successful in real estate, right? Well, and I think, I think that attending real estate seminars, and there's a big difference between practitioners, people that actually make their living in doing real estate, and gurus, right? My definition of a guru is somebody that flies around the country selling real estate investment education and training that actually make more money selling real estate training than they do actually doing real estate. And so it's important and if you want to learn this business that you get very you get clear about you know what is the what is the experience of the person or the people that you're actually learning from. Right? And so, you know, as all the years and looking for different programs, I'm very blessed and lucky to have been been invited to come to a real estate workshop. And the guy on stage had made $4 million doing short sales. Yeah. And this is March of 2006. So we're coming up almost 18 years ago. This is before anybody had heard of a short sale. And I had never heard of one. Yeah. You know, I go to this workshop and my new wife and I, I think we've been married a few months at that point. And they're talking about why a bank will negotiate a discount on a payoff on a mortgage rather than take somebody through foreclosure. Hmm. Right, how the Federal Reserve works, the fact that a bank can borrow a multiple of its performing assets or cash on hand, 
At the same token, they have to freeze a portion of their assets in order you know, for the bank to not go out of business. This is how the FDIC keeps our banking institutions in business. So I'm in the audience hearing this stuff for the very yeah. first time and the person on stage going, yes, it is possible to buy a property underneath current market value. Most of the properties that people are upside down on need some type of rehab. So in my brain, I'm like, okay, I've been doing construction 18 years. Yeah, I could take my experience in the trades if I could learn how to buy houses at discounts and negotiate them, right? And then the second part of that is how do I raise the money because I'm, you know, I'm broke at that right. time. Uh, then I want to learn this. And that's what got me started. So you brought up gurus. And I, I want to ask this because there's an element of deception that I feel like is a lot in this community where, you know, people are selling the idea of being successful in the industry, but then the tools and the that really the experts that do it well aren't there. How did you find um, the education and break down that level of dis, you know, uh, yeah, this can't be it. Like you're selling me something, you know, what have you. So <clears throat> my experience was uh, the organization that I did get to, to just happen to get to go to that real estate workshop um, the person that invited me to come said, leave your checkbook and credit card at home, come out, spend the weekend, right? Uh, this is the truth about every single, you know, cost and aspect of it and everything was just up front hmm. and, um, and I couldn't afford it, right? Because I was, you know, I, I had just gotten married yeah. November of 2005. Now it's March of 2006 and uh, I had bought a ring. I had bought a wedding, and mm. I apologized to my new wife that I could not afford a honeymoon. Mm. So I literally didn't even have, and right? I didn't even have the down payment for a beginning course or anything. And the person that invited me to come said, "Bob, I don't care. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care where you start. We're not going anywhere. You know, when you're ready, great, and just keep coming to the free workshops. You know, I'll, you can be my guest. You can come to everything you want. Mm. And I'm so grateful for." And his name was Chad. Hmm. I'm grateful for his generosity and not, you know, saying something like, and I had heard this in other programs, well, when you get your money together, give us a call. Right. You know, and, and right. so I'm very grateful for that. And it took me, um, you know, I, I, I saved up the down payment for the beginning course, which at that point was $1,200. Uh, yeah. It took me, a, I don't know, six weeks or something. And I did invest in a real estate investment training curriculum that included tax and legal strategies and entity structuring, self-directed retirement plans, right? Credit uh, management, you know, yeah. some, some of the things that as you're wanting to get into real estate, you don't really understand the importance of understanding that, that stuff, but it is fundamental. Right. And so that is some of the things that I started learning. And then as I started to hear things like, yes, I can buy houses at discounts. Yes, I can negotiate them and help somebody in the process. Yes, I can raise capital, right, in various ways, including using self-directed IRA and 401ks. Yeah. I can build credit inside of a corporation separate from my own name, which will help me then build my or repair my personal credit. I started just being introduced to a whole bunch of concepts that I had never heard before. Right. And, um, you know, it's kind of cliche, but, you know, I went to a two-day real estate workshop and it Le legitimately altered the course of my life. I can only imagine. 
You know, you, you get all of this information that you've never probably heard before because there's this, you know, preconception that you have to have all this money and you have to have great credit. Yeah. What do you do with it, Bob? What did you do with all this knowledge that you gained? What was your first uh, success story? Well, the first, very first deal, and, you know, I was good in construction, so I had something to bring to the table uh, to say, okay, let, let me find somebody to partner with. They'll handle the buying of the house and the management of that, and I'll handle the let's get the guys in and get the project done. And um, I had that opportunity, uh, property at 73rd in California in Chicago, and uh, was actually a police officer that and was on disability. Hmm. We were able to come in, stop the foreclosure process, save this person from getting a foreclosure wow. on the record. And then um, I spent four weeks rehabbing the house, and we were able to split the profits on that 50-50. And I made more money on that four-week construction project than I had ever made in four weeks in construction before. Wow. And, uh, and so that that experience was super cool. And I think the coolest part of it, I had a preconceived notion that being a, that real estate investors were scammy, kind of taking advantage of people, kind of, yep. you know, let's, let's, let's profit from somebody's misfortune. Um, if we didn't help him, he would have lost the house. He would have gotten a foreclosure on his record. And eventually he would have gotten evicted mm-hmm. and the sheriff's department would have, showed up to the house and taken his furniture and put it in the yard. Yeah. I mean, essentially, you provided a solution. Yeah. And a way out. I mean, when you have those kinds of things on your credit, it takes you years and years to even be able to potentially rent a space that's, you know, similar to what they would have had before the foreclosure. So it's, it's, it's actually helping somebody continue on and at the same time giving you the opportunity to renovate and... Do what you need to do. Yeah, and it was it was a fun experience. I got as dirty as I ever did. I did the same work I always did. I used the same tools, right? The same guys. We were, it was, but now we were a partner hmm. in a project instead of working for the owner, right? And uh, and, I'm, and I was so grateful for that. And I was inspired by, and this was back in two thousand six September. And uh, so I was inspired by the foreclosure short sale process and experience so that I just said, you know what, if I'm going to do a real estate deal, I want to make good money on it. Let me educate myself on how to make a difference or help somebody that's in trouble. And then we you know, went about the process of learning. How do I get a list of people that mm-hmm. have had foreclosure filed? What should I say? How can I help them? How can I genuinely help somebody that's in trouble, hmm. right? Not just you know, make money at somebody's, ex- somebody's expense. Right. And, uh, and so we started to meet other people, right, that were losing their houses. Hmm. I met another woman. Her husband had lost his job, and she was, you know, hairstylist. They had two kids Hmm. and paid their mortgage in, you know, at least a year and a half. So something ugly happens when somebody stops paying their mortgage. The interest they don't pay is added to the principal they didn't pay. And now their mortgage balance is increasing. Deeper in a hole, even worse. It it increases exponentially. Yeah, because, you know, if you look at the amortization of a mortgage, it's first 10 years, it's way more money goes to interest than principal. Right. So it doesn't take 10 months, somebody doesn't pay their mortgage, and all of a sudden they're upside down. They're upside down, yeah. And so our first, our uh, 
second real estate deal was a short was actually a short sale. Hmm. The homeowner owed about three hundred and fifty thousand. She had a first and a second position mortgage. Hmm. We were able to negotiate that property for one hundred and ninety six thousand four hundred dollars. Wow. And uh, I remember the day that we called the the seller. I can only imagine, right? And she was so, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, facing foreclosure is a very scary thing. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? We were able to get the bank to say yes. We're going to be able to, you know, help you move on. Um, we were able to pay her to clean the properties. We were to we, we were able to buy some of her belongings, which yeah, you know, which generated income for her that she didn't have, which generated money for her that she didn't have. Wow. So yeah. that's just a beautiful. I mean, I can't <laughs> even. You know, a lot of people when they think real estate, they don't, they don't think. The, the story behind the owner, or the, the, yeah. the property and things of that nature. Bob, what advice would you give to the people out there that are looking to invest in real estate? It's a big industry. There's a lot of different possibilities. And so I went from doing, you know, short sale, foreclosure, fix and flips. I then got into buying rental properties. Um, because of my Oak Park and Victorian restoration experience, we uh, have four historical homes now. Hmm. Um, you know, in hindsight, it's 2020. I've been a real estate investor. Uh, it'll be 18 years this year. Uh, I wish I would have started buying and holding property earlier. I okay. wish I would have bought more buy and hold property earlier in my career. And um, I'm very grateful for the properties that we did buy and hold and we still own today. Okay. Um, I went from doing single family uh, rentals to multifamily apartment buildings, which are you know considered five units or above, mm -hmm. uh, the cash flow on apartment buildings is a lot better. Hmm. And then we got into uh, furnished short-term rentals uh, in about 2016. Hmm. And so a furnished property will make a lot more than an unfurnished property because there's a lot of people that need furnished properties for whatever reason. And we've heard right. a lot of the websites that are out there, you know, VRBO, Airbnb. Furnish Finder. There's many different websites that we can market those types of properties on. Right. And so that was kind of how I went from one discipline to the next. So my advice, be open-minded. Hmm. There's a lot of different possibilities of making money in real estate. Um, understanding how to acquire properties at discounts, how to make it in the seller's best interest to work with you directly, um, how to raise capital inexpensively, a lot of amateurs will use very expensive hard money lenders. We've, you know, we've actually taken over properties from people that have made mistakes, getting yeah. themselves into expensive loans. Uh, and then, you know, another one of my favorite sayings is focus on building a business that creates cash flow. You know, you can wholesale and fix and flip properties. That's a great way to make money. However, you're only as wealthy as your next wholesale deal, or you're only as wealthy as your next fix and flip. Right. If you want to create stability and revenue and, you know, creating cash flow is very important for that. So, you know, get started doing one thing, but then, you know, get into buy and hold real estate uh, as quickly as you can. Another cool strategy is notes. Hmm. So you can buy discounted notes and make interest on the note. Hmm. So now you're not the owner of the property, you're the owner of the, the note. note, you're the bank. Yeah. So now you're getting paid and you're not dealing with toilets termites or tenants. Right. Like, and you don't have to qualify saying. for the the loan. That's right. Right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of golden nuggets here. Clearly, um, you have a lot to share and more to give than this 20 minutes. 
what is the best way for somebody to get a hold of you and connect with you if they're really interested in in diving deeper with with you and how you've been successful? Well, um, you are a dear friend of mine, and you have me on speed dial, so they should call you. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm here, and I do have to say, um, Bob has changed my life, and I don't say that um, to anybody that I don't mean it to. So if you are even in question, thinking about it, uh, and you feel, feel inspired, please reach out to me, and I will make sure that we get you to, to Bob. And I think... Spending time hanging out with people that have actually accomplished the things that you're inspired to accomplish. I agree. Because they have been through the trials and tribulations, right? I went through having credit in the 400s. I went through, you know, being evicted from an apartment when I was 29. All right. One of the reasons that I do what I do today and not just do real estate is try to help as many people as I can because somebody helped me. Yeah. Community. Like-minded people and community. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful. Really, really powerful. Um, Bob, thank you so much for coming. And I can't wait to see what 2024 brings because I know it's going to be amazing things. Thank you. My pleasure. <laughs>